Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today we are continuing our discussion on the topic of world building, discussing a couple of the philosophies that can come into play, looking at whether you want to build your world in a variety of manners with different starting points and how to work towards using those different concepts of building from uh, the big picture down to the fine details or starting with those fine details and expanding out into the greater world. Before we get into this, let's take roll call around the studio. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden. I'm host and moderator for the show today. With me in the studio is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, designer of the world of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. I got the whole world in my hands. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Huh? <laughs> world building. So, as I said in the intro, we were Wasn't too on the nose, was it? We do show now. <laughs> so, world building. As I said in the intro, uh, we're talking about different philosophies. Uh, we're going to start, actually, with the discussion of what we were referring to as top-down or big to small, starting with your bigger concept, your large, overall, general, grand idea for how everything works, and then from there, building down into the fine details that concern the players. So... Jared, always being a big proponent on world building, gets to start us off with talking about starting with the big details and moving from there. Yeah, I kind of started Wrath with the big details. Um, one of the first things I spent time figuring out was my geography. I built a continent. You know, one of, I built one of my three continents right off the bat, designed it, and started working on geography for that. And also the cosmology. Those were the, probably the two biggest things that I figured out right off the bat, like how my god system was going to work for D&D. &D. And those are both very high-level ways of looking at the world. Exactly. Like th That's starting about pretty much the absolute top and working your way down from there. You know, eventually, you know, weeks later, I'm finally getting to like, hey, let's create a town. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do a lot of that, too. A lot of times I don't focus on the cosmology as much, but that is certainly something you want to look at. Um, when I when I create a world, if I'm going from big to small, I'll, you know, I'll probably do like what a lot of people do is you just get out a piece of paper, you know, a little graph paper, and just start kind of drawing continents. You know, I'll, I'll scrap a bunch or throw it away because it doesn't look right. It doesn't look like a real continent, that sort of thing. But then eventually I get to the point where I have, you know, maybe you know, two plus continents, you know, it all kind of seems to look like it flows and I'm like, okay, great. And that's just where I start. Then I decide, okay, well, from there, I'll just focus on each, you know, which, which continent do I like the most right now? You know, I'll name them all, give them all high level concepts. Like maybe this one's sort of like an Asian sort of themed, mm -hmm. you know, continent or something like that. I had a good or have a good friend gamer and used to have, on his wall, uh, oversized sheet of, sheet of graph paper. It's probably about four feet by six feet. Uh -huh. And he was building a world on it, just going as he went, you know, adding just a few details every couple of days and here and there to build out. And I don't think he ever got a chance to actually run anything with it. 
but it was just starting from that very high, that very grand step back, take a big view of everything and start filling that in from there. Right. Interesting exercise. Yeah. You definitely, you don't have to focus on the small details. Uh, if you're detail oriented, then you may get carried away and trying to name all of your, your towns, all of your rivers, get all of your mountain uh, ranges out, out of the way, find all of your deserts, all of your tundras, everything. You don't necessarily have to do that. For the actual geography of the world, you can just sort of create the world, you know, and decide, okay, is it round? Is it flat? Is it multi-layered where there's like floating continents and stuff like that? That's a high level. Those are high level concepts. And then from there you say, okay, what's the most interesting thing I want to run my game on? And then focus on that, find that continent, you know, and maybe give it some, you know, a couple of mountain ranges, some rivers, and then like name a city or name a region. And then... Ignore all the rest of the details, focus on that, and just keep getting smaller as you go. And then eventually you're going to work into uh, the starting point for your game. And it should just be a region. Maybe they are going to go to another region as well, but you find that starting point for your game by creating this big picture and then finding the thing that you like the most, focusing on that. And then doing that over and over until you have, uh, you know, a settlement or, or region or, or whatnot that you really want to run. I think you actually kind of hit on a, a really important point there is as far as when we're when you're looking at selecting whether you want to go large to small or small to large right. is it's going to start, I think, in the early concepts. You know, if you're somebody who wants to be in with the details and figure out those fine points and the little things, you may be better off starting with something on a smaller scale exactly. so that you can jump right into it and then you have time to develop those details. If you're thinking more grandiose, overarching themes and ideas, start with the big picture because that's where your big concepts come from. Mm -hmm. Um I've worked different campaigns working from each style and really the the I usually start going with the local and building out from there. The one notable exception is because I started with an overarching concept of what I wanted the campaign to be. And now that I had that in mind, I'm going to start designing a geography that works for it, an area that works for it. And that was my uh, wonderful Shadow of the Tower campaign. Right. Yeah, um, with Mer uh, I almost said Merzian, which is you know a continent in Vrath. But with Vrath, I I very much started with the the big top down. But I kind of think of myself as kind of a hybrid because what I did is I again I created you know my one of my continents. I created my cosmology. I then sat down you know playing with my Photoshop like I like to do, and I fleshed out. Marizian. I fleshed out the geo, starting with the geography. I built, you know, I literally took, you know, built from mountains down to streams and little, you know, little lakes and rivers, marshes, built out all the geography of that one continent. Then started just looking at the geography and going, okay, if this is the geography, where would it make sense for there to be civilizations? You know, because again, like I said, we all mentioned during our uh, pre-show uh, conversation was usually you have settlements by water, you know what I mean? Whether right. it's naturally occurring or by design, but most commonly, especially in like lesser developed or newly developing areas, it's where it's, there's fresh water naturally occurring. Water is life. Exactly. So um, I went through and like, okay, there's, you know, here's the coastal cities worked in. Okay. There's a, you know, rivers and streams here, lakes here. Okay. And just kind of built these civil, you know, these settlements along. And then it was like, okay, well, 
there's a lot of streams and rivers through here, so there's a lot of settlements through here. So this is where the kingdom would naturally occur. Okay, so there, you know, there's a large collection of you know areas over here. This is where there's going to be a kingdom because I already had some concepts in mind. Like I had you know my kingdom of Thunder Oak kind of in mind. I just didn't know where it was geographically right. yet. You know, and then just kind of like went through and fleshed that out. But now I have this giant map with geography and towns, and I have literally probably like 80 plus you know settlements written down. I wasn't just going to go through and just start making up here's the mayor of this place and this place does this i like now i have this giant literal actual physical tangible map to work right. from now every time i play i fill in the details as i play you know jerry knows he's been there for a lot of it like you know a lot of my players have helped shape a lot of these towns and a lot of that stuff i just come up with off the cuff because it's much simpler to just come up with a lot of fine details off the cuff than to just sit there and rack your brain for days. You, you mayor really of this place, mayor of that place. Does this place even have a mayor? Okay, this guy, this guy's an actual elected official. This guy just kind of just runs this town. You know, this right. is a small farming village. Is this, you know, what's going on here? And that's that's really a perfect example of starting from the top and, and, and make, moving your way down. Yeah, you know, when you, when you populate your area, you made up those towns and rivers and whatnot. But you just said, okay, this is just the name of the town. That's all it is. And then when you got there or when your characters were on their way, that's when you started making those specific ideas for that town. That's a really good example of uh, that strategy. And he crowdsourced out some of the uh, creations for Wrath. Exactly. Um, some of us in writing our backstories got to determine, okay, this is what this town is like. Or, uh, for example, Witch Creek, he knew that he wanted to be like a haven of magic users. Mm -hmm. And I wound up playing a character that was from Witch Creek. And so I, when I was writing my backstory, like here's some of the details of the day-to-day -day life in the town, which he hadn't thought about because players had never gone anywhere near it. Yeah. But he looked at it, he looks at the backstory, he goes, yeah, this is cool, this will work. It's a little different from what I had in mind, but it's still a great idea. Mm -hmm. And I love having that resource of like, here's a fully fleshed out continent. We haven't done anything over in here. Right. Okay, well, well, I want to be from the Kingdom of Thunder Oak, but I don't want to be from one of the more, you know, higher populations. I don't want to be close to the capital. I want to be from one of the outskirts cities, but I don't want to be from here, 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 which we've already played in. I want to be from someplace maybe over here. Okay, well, we haven't touched this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Okay, geographically, where would you like? Well, I was thinking I'd rather be kind of outskirts, maybe kind of a farming village kind of thing. Okay, cool. Like, I might have that physical tangible visible you know that that proper that that reference material which i love having you know obviously was that's why i did what i did to be able to just point like okay, okay you want to be from over here sweet this is unclaimed territory so to speak tell me what it's like feel free to fill it in help me with some backstory if you want some ideas i can give you some ideas that i have you know if you want some me to give you details just ask and i'll fill in all the details for you and it helps with the characterization as well, saying that coming as a player, because you have to realize that there's a chance that the campaign could turn back towards where your character originated from. So how does your how does your character feel about going home again? Are they getting excited because, yeah, I'll, go, I'll swing in. You guys can you know meet the family. I'm sure we'll have a place to stay. Da, da, da. Or is it, oh, I did not exactly leave on good terms. I should probably tell you guys this before we get back to my hometown. Yeah, I won't be welcome to hero here. <laughs> or maybe you're lying about being from that hometown. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you're trying to pass yourself off as somebody else. But mm -hmm. uh, no, I think those are good examples of starting from the, the top and working your way down. Another 
I, I guess, reason why this is a good strategy that you may want to Im- implement is if you were planning on doing a, uh, a style of campaign uh, sort of sandbox, but you want it on a big scale, then this is a really good way of doing that. You know, and you can do basic things like, okay, well, this is the, this is town X and there's a vampire in charge and this is town Y, you know, and it's uh, got a huge population of Kenku, you know, whatever you want to do, you can put like a one line to any of these major population centers and, and sort of do that and let the players explore, let them kind of explore their own world there. But I think that's a, those are some good examples of uh, starting big and going small. Yeah. Um, actually, another point that you brought up um, in the pre-show mm-hmm. was when we were talking about sci-fi. Oh, yeah. You want to cover that now? Yeah, we could get into the sci-fi bit. And it's also going to tie into... Uh, starting small and going big, but uh, a lot of what we cover here is Dungeons and Dragons. You know, it's one of the most popular uh, um, RPGs out there, probably the most popular. So we're gonna we're gonna hit on that a lot. But sometimes you might be running a sci-fi game. You can still th- do it through D and D. But the idea being is that if you're maybe running a sci-fi game that deals with space travel, maybe it's uh, a Star Wars or Star Trek themed game, uh, then you're gonna want to actually. Um, go on a much grander scale. And if you're going big on a grand scale, then that means you want to map out your galaxy. Now, if you're going to be doing galaxy hopping from one galaxy to another galaxy, then you're going to have to even go bigger than that. But um, let's just say we're going to start with one galaxy. Okay. You Stay draw it out. galaxy far, far away a long time ago. Exactly. You, you know, you kind of draw it out and you can just take a picture of the Milky Way galaxy or any other, any other of the galaxies that uh, NASA has found blown up. So we can t- kind of take a look at, and all you really do is have to, uh, <laughs> no, not that NASA's actually blown up galaxies. We're not that good yet. Uh, right. That's it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they can blow up a galaxy trillions of miles away with like the budget they're on. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, um, I mean, blowing up the image, of course, but, uh, but you, you can take a galaxy, you can pinpoint, you know, half a dozen or a dozen different, uh, you know, planets, you know, or points of interest, really. They might not all be planets. It could be moons or large asteroids or something. Um, and you just say, OK, well, this is where this race is from and this is where this other race is from or or this is where this civilization is. And it's really easy because. A lot of times in sci-fi, uh, all of the aliens, races, or cultures, they all wear the same hat. Uh, if you're not familiar with that trope, that means that they're all basically the same. Okay, uh, all, all Klingons are, you know, aggressive uh, people who always talk about tradition and they have batleths and, you know, that sort of thing. War and, and honor. War and honor, that sort of thing. All Vulcans are, you know... Uh, well postured, you know, they're in control of their emotions. They all know the Vulcan death grip and the Vulcan mind meld, you know, the same basic idea. Um, So you can make your different races, your different uh, um, sort of characters. And you can do that on a big scale by just grabbing, you know, taking a picture of a galaxy, marking off some very specific, you know, areas and just saying, okay, well, this planet is called X and it has these people on it. Uh, And if you keep doing that, um, then again, that's starting from a big scale going to small. So now you have these worlds. Okay, what are the people like on this world? And you go down, okay, what's the city they're going to go into? So on and so forth. 
Yeah, I think with the sci-fi, uh, an important note to make is to not try to go into too much detail per world or for, per people. Because really what you're doing is you're kind of taking the concept of, like, the amount of detail you might put into a single fantasy world is going to be divided up into an entire galaxy in a sci-fi kind of thing. Like, right. you know, instead of coming up with a name for this town, you're coming up with a name for this planet. Instead of coming up with a people for this town, you're coming up with a people for this planet. And while you do have to consider that there are going to be different races, and also keep in mind that some races might populate several different worlds you know the hypothetical humans you know thousands of years down the road that oh, have sure. populated space yeah. kind of concept but again you're dividing that up you know ed made the point of like you know basically each um, world is a city we um yeah. Yeah. i don't think he said that you know every you know yet this episode but he said it during the you know the the yeah, pre-conversation pre yeah the pre-show so you know basically you're thinking of each world as a town so again don't go into too much detail don't try to elaborate okay well on this world there's a desert over here and there's a rainforest over here and there's no no it's either a desert or it's a jungle like pick one or the other pick what you know yeah. maybe sometimes there's two or th maybe pushing three different types of people on a planet if you really want to get into the, like there's a war on this going on in this world world yeah. there is a difference between species if you really want to bring up if you if the focus of uh, a session or a world is like cultural differences that make the cultural differences be there but if there aren't gonna right. if that's not the focus of a story then it doesn't need to be there you're yeah. just wasting your time on extra details yeah you could certainly do it that way you know think about your common sci-fi tropes uh, or uh, i'm sorry Think about your, uh, you know, your bigger sort of sci-fi uh, stories. You know, your your Star Trek always has different cultures. There are not really a lot of mixed cultures there. Uh, Star Wars is a little bit more mixed. Um, Even Star Wars, I've I've gotten into the to some of the more details on it. I've run a Star Wars campaign, yeah. and you look at some of the backstories on the races, and they have two races that are from the same the same planet originally the Quarren and the Mon Calamari are both from Mon Calamar but they're at war with each other right. if on their home planet is one of the things so the only time you see more than one species is because there's a conflict yeah. between them i would use for an example of uh maybe doing you can do it differently where you have like planets that will have a city and it'll have a diverse population of aliens think of like more mass effect where a lot of the more populated areas and uh like the citadel or uh there was uh i can't think of it now but there was an asari homeworld in or not the homeworld but there was an asari planet in number two uh that had a mixed races uh ilium i believe it's called uh, a lot of those would have points where everyone goes to try to make it you know make it somewhere or you could take in the concept of deep space nine but instead of it being a space station it's on a planet you know what i mean exactly. like yeah. you know, like a trade world or a commonly community like this one world just happens to exist in the perfect location between three or four different star systems yeah. so it's a commonly traveled you know commonly commuted common trade right. port but on a counterpoint earth was still solely humans uh um the asari homeworld which you can't think of right now. We're still solely a sorry. Uh, remember, I can't either. Yeah, uh, I'll probably think of it right after the podcast. But it's uh, it's um, uh, Thessia. There it is. Follow follow Thessia in Mass Effect Three. So it's you know another example there. So you can still have your planets that are uh, race specific and culture specific, but also maybe have a couple of points that aren't. A lot of people show up and, and do their thing. I think we're getting uh, quite into that though. Yeah. 
I think. Well, we are we are a little off topic. Big, big to small, I think, is what we're. <laughs> yeah. Um, really good example is sci-fi. Well, big to small. Although there's one detail that I would like to to kind of give as a tidbit for for the GMs out there, if you're creating the sci-fi worlds, that I'd love to see people do more of, and that is races and the planets they're from being separate. The yeah. Mass Effect, the Asari are from Thessia, humans from Earth, the Turian from Palavan. Um, the rather than having like, oh, it's Earth and those are Earthlings and this is Mars and there are Martians and this is Jupiter and their Jupiterians are from there. Oh, yeah, right. You, you know, mix it up because people aren't going to necessarily yeah. name themselves after what their planet came to and that helps add a bunch of realism to the yeah, Star, Star Trek did that a lot. The, the Klingons yeah. were from Kronos but then the Vulcans were from Planet Vulcan. Yeah. The Romulans were from Romulus. Yeah. I mean, they just kept on going with that. It's well, that's also kind of one of those, like, we as Earthlings would call, a, you know, a species from Mars Martians, but the Martians themselves would not call them that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, t- uh, you know, native uh, terminology versus alien terminology. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, moving on and taking the... There, and before we move on... There is, we did want to bring up, because we talked a little bit about doing cosmology, doing populations and figuring those out. We intentionally did not get into that deep now, because even though it's an important part of building top down, those are large portions that you can start with. We're going to actually talk about those in more detail in a later episode. So we didn't want to bury it now. Right. Those are going to be big, important things, but we'll cover that soon. Yeah, so, uh, as I was going to say, uh, <laughs> moving, Sorry. you know, taking the, no, absolutely uh, fine, uh, taking the concept of, like, you know, the little small that we're doing with the galaxy, but then moving it back to a single world frame. So, moving, instead of going, again, from, like, cosmology and geography down, the other side is, you know, starting small and working up, where literally right. you just basically come up with your starting village or your starting town, your starting location for a party, all right, you all meet in an inn. Okay, what town is this inn in? I'm still working on that. Yeah, like yeah. you're meeting in the the Red Dragon Inn, and this is the bartender. This is you know the setup, and I will now be filling in all the details as we go. <laughs> Which is a point that we didn't really touch on is that moving from the small details up is very much on the improv side of improv versus prep. Where if you're starting with a big picture and filtering down, that's your heavier on the prep side. That may help skew you with your own tendencies as a GM towards one or the other, depending on your strength of prep versus improv. Which is also why I described myself earlier as kind of a little bit of a hybrid where I created a lot of the big world down, but when it comes to actually filling out the details, 90% of mine is improv, where a lot of people that do dumb big down will still spend the time to do the prep of the small details. So, but yeah, typically when you're doing the small details and you're working small up, uh, there is a lot of improv, but there you can also prep it, you know, um, session to session, but no matter how much you prep, if you're on a session to session basis, you're still going to have to be improving a lot of details. Yeah, a lot of it depends on how fine you start. Uh, what I mean by that is, uh, starting at the finest point would really be where the character's going to meet up. Okay, so it's going to be at an inn. Let's use that common trope, they're going to meet at an inn. So you, you want to name the inn. Yeah, so you want you want to name the inn, give the bartender a name, you know, how are you going to do the wait staff? Is there going to be anyone else there that's going to be important? And say, okay, well, this inn is in this town. This town also has, you know, X, Y, and Z for shops. Okay. And then, you know, kind of go up from there. Maybe there's a a hills area somewhere nearby. Maybe there's a river or a lake, you know, 
you're because you're creating an adventure. So you're going to want your points of interest and you're going to want to make sure that those points of interest are something you can immediately refer to, you know? Yeah. Presumably you'll have some encounter. I mean, presumably you'll have an entire session prepped. So you'll have an encounter or two, yeah. you know, you'll have your key NPCs. You'll have your key locations. Yeah. Um, another way. Now that's starting at the most sort of finite. What you can do is just a little bigger than that, which I'll do at, at times is uh, if you're starting small and you're going big, you can, uh, instead of just starting with the, uh, town or a building in the town, you can start with the actual village and the surrounding region. Maybe another like little like hamlet or village here or there and like a handful of points of interest, which actually brings us back to the uh, uh, Shadow of the Tower game. So in one way, it is sort of starting big and then going small. Here's an area, and now we're going to figure out how this area works. But another way, it's starting small and going big, because here's this you know relatively small region. I mean, it wasn't tiny, but it was a relatively small region, and we're going to focus on this. And then from there, we'll see how big the world is around it. Uh, uh, and that sort of thing. So the idea, it is very much improv heavy, you're right, uh, where you have to think, okay, well, where are we starting? What are they going to do first? I have to make sure those points of interest are there. And maybe what are some other things that they've heard of, like other cities or towns nearby that they've heard of that you don't necessarily have fleshed out, but maybe you just have their names and that sort of thing. Uh, I would definitely make sure that when you get to the town building, uh, you or creation of a town uh you do make sure that you have names for any prominent npc maybe also have a list of names just in case somebody you know hey i want to talk to this random stranger here and you know ask them what that's all about and then you ask them their name instead of saying his name is name you know have a random name everyone in this town is named steve yeah. but we've which we've talked about it you know in improv versus prep and yes, how to yes, improv yes. and stuff and making memorable npcs exactly two two wonderful episodes to go back and listen to if you haven't already way to plug the show guys uh but no the starting small and going big is definitely uh a, a good way to start I'd, I'd certainly say also if you're sort of a uh, maybe a newer GM, I would almost focus on that. Focus on your starting point first and then the surrounding area of that and then see where the game takes you and, you know, focus on thing those things between sessions. You know, what else is out there? I mean, if the game's about a road trip from New York to Washington, D.C., you don't need to figure out how Tokyo is going to work. That's right. You know, if you're a newer DM, stick to what's going to be happening. Yeah, I was going to say, like, really, there's two important things that I think it boils down to is one, which is, again, why I think, uh, you know, it makes a valid point of if you're a newer, you know, GM to to go with the small to big is because really it's more about the story than anything like like you have a story in mind. What are the essentials to play out that story? And the second thing I was going to say, you know, for at least for like your starting point to, to, you know, how much prep versus improv comes down to is. If you know, like, okay, well, this basic story is going to be in Town X, and really it's going to involve, like, there's some zombies raising in the graveyard just outside of town, and I know that, right? Like, okay, this is my story, this is my concept, this is my, my mini-adventure that I'm starting with. You're probably going to have at least that planned. Right. So you're going to have the town planned out, at least enough of it, and you're going to have the, you know, the, the major encounter points, graveyard outside of town, maybe there's a nearby, like, you know, abandoned mine, you know, again, just outside of town, or maybe even inside, you know, an entrance inside inside of town 
and you're going to have that planned out and you're going to have those details. And then once you get through that mini adventure that you've pretty much already got the majority of planned out, at least, you know, again, key NPCs, key locations, as that adventure kind of winds down or, or, you know, or maybe even winds up, depending on how things go, you can then start planning and building out from there. But it's all about just building out as you need it, where it needs to go. If you feel like throwing in random rumors of another similar event happening in another nearby town, then you know what information you've thrown out there, so you know what things you can kind of start prepping for. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, I mentioned town Y on top of town X, so maybe I should start plotting out town Y and exactly where it is and what kind of geography may or may not exist between here and there. I made a mistake at the end of my last session. I gave my players four or five different leads and forgot to verify. So which one are you guys going to follow up on? <laughs> yeah, I need to prep all of those before our next game session. Yeah. And speaking, <laughs> speaking of prep, I just want to touch back. Now, uh, starting small to big it does involve, uh, I guess, a higher level of improv skill or, or it can involve that. But it doesn't necessarily have to. Uh, if you are someone who's maybe worried about your improv skills, you think, well, I'm more of a prep guy, so I guess I have to build a whole world. That's not necessarily true. You can start small. You can build that town. You can do all the prep you need for that town. And then you can build your region and then do all the you know, necessary prep for that region. And then as the game progresses, you can see where the players are going and then do all the proper prep to lead up to the next session or next area. And that is still starting small and going big. You're just doing all the prep first. So you're absolutely right. I mean, really, the big reason that, you know, starting small and going to big has you have to be prepared for a lot of improv is because there's going to be a lot of the world that's driven by players asking questions. Right. What is what does this do? Can we go here? Is there this? Who does this? What about this? What happens if you want us to head north? What if we go south? Yeah. Which is why you prep just a couple of points of interest. If they really start pushing, you can say, okay, well, if you go north, that's to the giant lands. So, so now they know the giant lands are up north. And that's, that's all you say. That's all you tell them. If they start going north, okay, great. Give them random encounters. until throw the giant at them. Yeah, give them random encounters till the session's over. Maybe throw a giant at them and then go develop giant lands. Yeah, it's really, I mean, the amount of information you control is really kind of what it comes down to for like how much you want to prep if you want to if you're okay with doing a lot of improv then just feel free to throw out whatever but if you want to just make sure that you're constantly prepared just control the information that's being given you know like only give one or two leads at a time and make sure that you're prepared for those leads but again i think you know in my personal opinion just knowing how players can be, <laughs> right. I said that, I was sorry. Um, you know, starting small and going on big, like you're just going to have to be prepared to answer questions or right. tell the players, I don't know yet. You know, I mean, just be like, look, the, here's the deal. Like we're building a world together just yeah. so you know that. And I don't have that particular answer at this time. But if you say, okay, I'm starting in town X, we've now been established. There's also a nearby town Y and Z, you know, one to the North, one to the South. And soon we heard about, there's a town W out to the West. And okay. So I have those kind of planned out. Well, then you're going to have random questions. Like, are we in a kingdom? What's the name of this region? Yeah. You know, are there, where's the nearest mountain? Like, is there a church nearby? What's the, what are the gods of this world? Exactly. And you're going to have those random questions and you can either make it up on the spot or you can be like, I'll have those answers for you next session. Or you can say bathroom break. (laughs) (laughs) You can build, you can build it into that. They may be that. Well, if you want to know this information, will your player 
needs your character needs to start looking right. into the information and the first person you ask off the street might not know where the no- nearest dwarven city is right exactly and that's and what they, i was gonna say that's a good way to control your information to right. your players to say well you if you want the answers you need to role play the questions and then you may wind up having them go and looking for information from some great sage and it's like well i'm gonna have to research the information i'll have an answer for you it'll take a little bit of time and you're gonna have to do a favor for me boom plot hook and also keep in mind, this is starting small and building big. So you could always go through the steps. You create your town and your region and then decide, is this like part of a, like a, a free land or there's just a bunch of towns, you know, that control various regions? Or is this part of a bigger kingdom? Yes or no. All right. What's the name of the kingdom? Who's the in charge of the kingdom? You know, you don't have to get into a lot of specifics, but yes, there is a kingdom. The capital is called this. And uh, it's, uh, there's a queen that's in, in charge. You know, you can have the, those those are vague specifics. And then you can say on this continent, there's only the one kingdom, or maybe there's five kingdoms, you know, um, and then maybe have the names of those kingdoms and, you know, who leads those. You start small, you go big. Okay, so you're going up to continent level now. Well, now how many continents are on the world? Okay, well, there's a bunch of different continents. And, you know, this continent's called this, this continent's called that, and it kind of works like this. Okay, so you've started small, you've gone big, so that any of those general questions that come up, which, you know, you're hoping really won't come up because your your campaign is, you know, from A to B to C, and they want to go to, you know, they want to go to L, you know, all of a sudden. It's like, okay, well, hold on. <laughs> And again, we've had conversations in past episodes about, like, you know, keeping your players on track and also, you know, having, you know, especially again, if you're a newer DM, we're like, look, guys, work with me. This is a little bit of a railroad, but let's just enjoy the trip, you know, the the trip. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up, too. Most of your players, if you just say, hey, I don't have that figured out yet, but, you know, I'll have that prepped, you know, give me a minute or I'll have that prepped by the next game. Most players are cool with that, you know, and if they're not, just... Slap in the face or something. I think we brought this up before, but also uh, just to at least throw in an explanation of, of a contradiction of details. Um, if you say that this is a collection of free towns and then later say, oh, well, we're in a kingdom. Oh, I thought you said it was free towns. Well, the towns feel like they're part of the free town. However, you're now closer to the castle where they're like, no, we're absolutely part of the kingdom. Yeah. And the kingdom says its borders go all the way out here, even though the people on the edge might not agree with that. Right. And again, if it's information that's gathered through role playing, people can be misinformed or mistaken. You know what I mean? That's an easy way to cover that up. Um, and also another thing to remember too is like not all worlds are created equal like especially in fantasy like D&D kind of stuff like not every world has to be the size of earth or bigger right. you know some worlds can be very tiny inclusive world like some worlds could be the size of Rhode Island you know what I mean like they don't need to be an entire multi-contented you know world it can just be like the only thing that you need to know is there's this small state equivalent size land and that's where we're playing. And as soon as this adventure is over, that's it. We're never playing in this world again. So it's not important for all of our foreign viewers. Rhode Island is small. Very for, for all of our future viewers in Rhode Island. I would like to apologize for Jared's comments. I would also like to mention that Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. <laughs> Although I do have the idea now of having an Earth-sized planet and the only landmass on it is approximately the size of Rhode Island. Waterworld. But they have an awesome fishing industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah of course. Waterworld. I think that'll give you a good idea to get started on if you... 
have any other questions or comments about, about building worlds, about different techniques, definitely feel free to get in touch with us. We are on Facebook. You can find us like comment and subscribe. We have message boards available for use at gamemasterstudio.proboards.com. We are on Twitter. Do try to communicate with all of our followers that do take an effort to talk to us. Uh, GMS Studios is the Twitter handle. And of course, we are here with new episodes every week, new information to help you out with your games at home. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about the current topic, any future topics you'd like to see or any questions you might have. We would love to answer your questions. And we will see you the next time that we get back together in the studio.